Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Ben Clark and Marcel are again on the pod. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on a late Sunday evening. Ben's been out of the football. Marcel's still recovering from a busy Saturday night. Uh, but we've had an epic three days of racing uh, and an exceptional day today. Um, is it worth uh, asking what your highlights of the weekend have been? Should we just kick off with uh, with the women's shortened downhill? Is that the highlight? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Joking aside, I mean... We'll get onto the women's short and downhill, which was a car park. Uh, but we will obviously kick off with uh, today's slalom from Kitzbühel. What a, what a second run performance. What race, actually, in general. First, the return of some ice to the World Cup Tour. The first icy compact race that we've seen on the slalom tour uh, for this season. And we've been treated to an absolute cracker. Uh, ben, why don't you kick us off, my son? I was, going to, I was going to ask you a question on, on the, oh. right on the top of this one, Ed. There was a load of talk on uh, the, the main commentary this morning uh, before the first run that people were worried that an early bib would be bad because it was icy. And I was like, after the season we've had so far, <laughs> just can everyone stop talking about bib numbers? If it's even remotely icy, if you're in the top 20, it'll be fine. Just get over yeah. it and ski. Uh, and the fact that Fella absolutely smoked the first run um, should probably tell you to worry a little bit less about what that everyone's all, talking about. That all came from that all came from Christopherson's pre-race interview. Christopherson said um, that the icy layer is this thin uh, with his thing, you know, classic, it's very small, thin, two fingers close together. Uh, and so he was like, I think it's going to get quicker. You don't want an early bib number here. And uh, the fella said, hold and so, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it all came, it all came, all that chat about um, it not being great came from that. But uh, there was, did they, did they talk about it in, in your commentary about what Thomas Sikora did, the camera run guy? No, I saw his run, but I didn't see specifically yeah, so what came, they said he did. It came through on the uh, on the sort of um, chat that we've got with the with the sort of rest of the commentators that uh, Thomas Sikora was asked by the Austrian Ski Federation to ski particularly skiddy to uh, rough up the snow surface before uh, Fella went down with bib number one. What just so he could get some grip? Apparently I mean, what, so. What, that what, was what, what, what that was the I think the forerunners were doing a bit of carving. <laughs> Sakura was doing a lot of uh, 90s who, stem turns, I think, on the way down who there. Came up, who, who said that? It was an interview that I think was given to uh, one of the people at the finish area, supposedly. Sounds like a conspiracy to me. Um, yeah, I mean, sounds, the way totally plausible. With my cynic hat on. I mean, to be honest, like, have you ever seen Sakura skiing with a camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not much carving going on is it honestly um, that, that, is like, that is slapstick comedy with all the respect to him but <laughs> that was where that came from that was what that was about maybe he just wanted people to think that someone told him to skid that much rather than it just happening actually no he just he just wanted to have like some fame for helping a fella to have a good first round that's why he said it yeah maybe do yeah, i think he was like 
Oh, Thomas, does somebody ask you to do that much skidding down it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's that's correct. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Arnold, Arnold asked. He, he gets more screen time than the racers get, and it gets to your weekend, Arnie, doesn't he? Just sitting there in the, in the, in the crowd. Screen time um, he gets, he's such a legend. The, directors, yeah. the director was really hunting out who's who of the people in the crowd. Did you guys see DJ Otzi? No, yeah. DJ Otzi, and he was at the finish of one of the downhills. I only know I mean, they could make every, say, every year. <laughs> they, 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 I could have seen him many times, but just not knowing who the hell it was, unless it was being said at the same time. Um, but yeah, um, aside from all that, the uh, the slalom was 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 cracking. Um, excellent uh, second run charge for Dave. What we've been waiting for with a bit of ice. Um, I was a bit worried after his first run that he'd spent so long in the last like couple months trying to adjust to the soft snow that he'd almost kind of forgotten his you know best skiing um not that he couldn't get it back but just that he didn't he didn't look comfortable he finally got the conditions we'd been kind of hoping for him to have for the last month and he looked really kind of passive and without his normal rhythm and no, tempo no fire yeah and then um i was on the, on the train watching the second run shaking my phone like it was nobody's business when he was doing his second I was like I wonder what people would have thought about you sitting there like just getting all excited looking at your phone on the train (laughs) just sitting there I was like watching skiing obviously Uh, (laughs) I'm sure everybody else on the on the train was glued to it weren't they do you have people looking over my shoulder oh what's going on where's Dave Uh, but it was it was great I I really I really enjoyed it and the course sets I thought were really good this week as well they kind of they had enough in there they used the 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 contours of the slope really well and it let people ski the way they ski I think they said the first one might have been a bit straight in places they were saying Christopherson wasn't happy about it but yeah it sounds a bit he was unhappy about everything today yeah Christopherson was chucking his usual spanners in going um the uh the French team have set against me that was what i think he basically said in the finish area again in in that uh that uh, do you know what i was quite p- enjoyed seeing the old christophers and just chucking a few grenades in at the interviews uh marcel what did you make of it well i thought it was great i've really enjoyed it but i missed the first run i had to rewatch it to be honest <laughs> well, what were you doing <laughs> recovering a bit ill <laughs> <laughs> in the ice bath that's what it was i was i was celebrating um the first kessler in yesterday that's why oh is yeah okay still still ski related i see <laughs> yeah of course always no i thought the, the race was great um yeah christopherson he didn't have much grip in the first round did he like, he didn't actually have much grip in the second round either no he talked he about he talked about between the runs he said that he because he thought that this surface was going to be really grippy and obviously get quicker he said that he um you know took a bit off the edges to because he thought it was going to be the wrong way he just absolutely got the read of the hill the snow surface wrong yeah he did get it wrong i thought his his second run was really good but dave's second run was amazing especially the first bit and you could just see like when he was pushing forward into the next turn he generated so much speed um and I really thought, like, in the middle, he lost it a bit in the middle. It's, I know it's tough there, but he was a bit on the back seat for a couple of gates, and mm. you could see on the splits that he was not so well on that, on that uh, passage. But the rest was, was so good. He's, he seems to be like a kid specialist, third podium there. Jesus Christ. It's, yes. also, nice for, it's also nice for his, um, for his account, isn't it? Bank for his bank balance. I mean, Dave doesn't spend yeah, any, any money at all even you know irrespective of life i think he drives like a 20 year old car 
his uh his wedding was a discount from his mate he was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> dave is a classic northern englishman uh looking after the pennies is old davy boy but um, it was brilliant. Daniel Yule went from seventh to first, riding from 16th to second. Broughton dropped a place, a hundredth behind Dave riding. Estrasa was a hundredth behind him, so therefore two hundredths behind riding in second. It was absolutely but uh, also mega margin. He was like, how much was he? He was seven hundredths behind behind riding, right? Yeah. So he almost made a podium as well. I think you know what I thought. Actually, Yule, he was he was like skiing like the old you mm. i think he i mean he i know he won in madonna but he didn't he didn't look too great there either i mean he looked obviously he looked great and quick but i thought today was really one of the races where he was where he was flying down the mountain um it's a shame for dave that he couldn't win it but he you'll definitely deserved it today he was so good i thought a couple of people during the second round were actually struggling a lot um Mayar, i mean they all bunched up but Mayar was didn't look very comfortable and the Austrians did not look comfortable either. Feller straddled. Such that a shame really that I just felt so, I just felt so bad for the guy. I don't think, Such I don't a think likeable he man, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but I don't think he would have wanted. He didn't look, he didn't look comfortable in the first couple of gates. He didn't look too comfortable in the first couple of gates on the first round though, did he? And once he settled down, he, he really like skied really nicely the rest of the way. And yeah, it was a bit of a shame he didn't, skied out so early on the second run you didn't really get enough time to get a feel yeah. for just how the run was shaping up it's one thing when you get kind of two splits and then someone skis out but he went out so early it was just a case of like is, you know what's going to happen is he going to be able to do this and then before you knew it he, he was gone but it's a bit of a shame because the, the the Austrian guys feel like they're just struggling for a bit of consistency at the moment I think we spoke about it the last couple of weeks with, with struggling to finish um, and the I others mean, seem to have some shocker. yeah I mean yeah he with with Dave and people skiing well, it was like, okay, well, these are the kind of conditions strokes were like, and he just almost seemed a bit over-eager on the first run, and that and that cost him. But um, you know, Schwartz didn't quite have it today. Like there was that section on the first run of like four gates that were like really yeah, offset just away. before the road, just before yeah. the road and an under gate. And it really like the, there was a group of like 10 people that just got it really wrong yeah. and and just killed all of their speed and Antero yeah. was one of them as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Pantero did it. Um, I mean, he was such a letdown today, wasn't he? He didn't. He didn't make like a proper mistake, but he just didn't. Just didn't race. So didn't, didn't, yeah. He's so slow. I don't know. He's really having. He's really having a hard time right now. And it looks like you you feel for him, do you? Ever since weird <laughs> since he since he changed service, man, isn't it? It's strange. Isn't it? it's, just things have just gone away from him a little bit since then. Uh, I just want to move. Yeah, fella, on that second run, he just he looked. I mean, he has such a big margin. It was so tough, wasn't it, for him? And I've obviously never experienced that myself, but trying to work out how to play an 0.85 and of an advantage over Yule, who led in the finish area. He went out really hard. He made a couple of small errors, but he recovered. And I was like, right, okay, he's got over those couple of little blips of those turns and then just race, just, just you know, classic slalom, wasn't he? Just tried to exit that hairpin too quick. Real shame. But I... It's got to be so difficult, so difficult to try and work out how to judge that, knowing that everybody has has been smashing it on that second run. Um, he put a little video up on his Instagram of him playing cards with his kid this evening. I thought it was quite a nice way, uh, you know, a, a sort of nice thing for him to do. And he always he always seems like he skis with a smile on his face. Really nice. I mean, there's not really run. there's not really much time to think about it anyway, because in two days they're going to be on the next race. So. 
It's good. Yeah. Back to back. Back to also, back. I actually, I, I gotta say, I gotta tell you something quickly. So I was scrolling through Fizz, the Fizz ski app today, and I actually saw that Dave Riding has done her, his first European Cup in down, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. I just need... I just <laughs> Did need he? To... Where was <laughs> it? Like selling a Bay or something like yes, that? Yes, I think he was in selling a Bay. <laughs> I think I was at that race. Uh, yeah, so Dave and I, Dave and I went to our uh, that yeah, Dave and I went to our first uh, Europa Cup speed races. I came back a speed skier. Dave came back still a slalom skier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the last time I did a slalom. It was uh, the and race before that? Also, I, I saw. Oh my god, this is so un, unrelated to what we actually wanted to discuss, but. I did a race with him in the European Cup and he won and I got like 27th and I was, I just checked it and I was like two, uh, 5.7 seconds behind him. In slalom? Yeah. <laughs> was that the, were those the days where Dave was just smashing the Europa Cup tour and leading the way? Yeah, he, he did win that race actually. And I think the 30th was about seven <laughs> seconds behind. <laughs> Good for him. That's what he's doing. I mean, we did, like, that is... That's exactly what more people need to do. We've talked about it uh, over the pods in a few seasons. Just, you know, so difficult. Even even Laurie starting, what did he start? 60 today. Yeah, I, know 50, the yeah. were, I know the conditions were really good. And there was an opportunity because Sam Mays came in from actually Bib 60, didn't he? So there was an opportunity to come in. But it's it's such a lottery when you start that far back with conditions. It's it's tough, isn't it? It's really well, tough. Well, the problem, is, the problem is when you start so far behind, it's like you really have to ski 100%. While, you know, if you start up front, you probably have to ski like 95%. And that's way more than good enough. And that's what most of the people do. But when you're so far in the back, like you have to go 100% and then you're prone to make mistakes. So it's just, it's it's so tricky. And having a bib somewhere around bib 30 as like, you know, a youngster is, is crucial. Otherwise, you can't be consistent. Um, with point scoring and stuff it's just impossible. uh shout out to laurie taylor got in there with a with a cracking first run and then actually on his second run looked like he was really charging as well didn't he, he had a great second run uh, um, mean, until his mistake and then you mean billy what did i say he said laurie oh sorry yeah billy. The, other, the other one the other one it's been a long day to be fair <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> yeah no billy billy's first run looked, looked good and I, I, was, I think he had a bit of a mistake on the second one, didn't they? It cost him a, a, what looked like a fair chunk of time um, on one of the fallaways. Um, but yeah, again, at the stage he's at, it's kind of get those second runs, get used to that feeling and try and get as many of those in as you can and keep racking up those points and those experiences. He's got such a better opportunity starting in the 40s, hasn't he? I mean, even in the 40s, there's regularly people from high 30s and 40s getting second runs, it, you know, obviously when you've not got a banana race where where you're salting and skiing with a snorkel but um you know in, in normal fizz races you've got an opportunity from the 40s very rarely do you see people in from 60s um anybody else a special mention Branton skied well didn't he leads the way of the overall standing skied with Kilda's goggles on couldn't just another story that is just he skied with Kilda's goggles on. Yeah he put something up on his Instagram saying he speaks skied with Kilda's goggles as a sort of uh, trying to take some extra stuff into the thing, and I feel like I, I, do you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. one, you know. I just wind, I'm winding myself up even talking about it. I don't even know. Okay. I'll still make a t-shirt about it. Don't worry. Do you want me to put them on a separate t-shirt or do you want me to put them on like a super and, and kill the t-shirt? What do you want? Maybe just get them to wear their each other's goggles, something, whatever. Um, um, God, just because the other the other guy you said special special mentions probably uh Steen Olsen's second round charge was pretty pretty monstrous as well. He looked really fast, uh, and it was him holding the lead until pretty much till Dave came down. I think wasn't it? I, I think he was holding it all that time. So yeah, he's showing that once his start number comes down a bit as well, he's going to be a, oh, a bit of a force, bit of a force to be reckoned with for years to come. So I mean, he's this Norwegian tech team right now they're just they're just coming from everywhere. Yeah, they've been they've been crushing it on the salt because they do all the training on it. Comes to ice, and they're yep, still crushing. <laughs> yeah, it, whoever says that they can only ski on salt, then yeah. Well, uh, also, did you guys did you guys see that um, Junior World Champs is on at the moment? Yeah, I think there are also some really interesting results, and you could see some people coming through. Some French. Yeah, the French French, French kid today won by quite. Yeah, a and, the, and you can, but you can you can see like. Today, for example, there was the giant slalom, and even though they didn't, well, one guy got a medal on Norwegian, but they're literally three people in the top six Norwegians, so yeah. they don't have to worry about you know getting getting their fair share in the future again. And I can't also, remember I was reading. I think it was Christofferson put something out in the press uh, on the build-up to today, talking about why he thinks that um, the Norwegians do, are doing so well. And he, and he puts it down to the fact that um, a lot of the, the kids' clubs and stuff in Norway are run by parents. So it's, there's like a lot of love going in there, apparently, is what I think basically the, the sort of the meat of the article was saying that, you know, it's not doesn't go to a big thing. It's not like they're taken off to the club to sport or, you know, taken away on these big projects and stuff. It's all run by mum and dad and it's, yeah a lot of love apparently that's what he was saying one, one i'm kind of surprised he didn't say it was because he's been such a great role model over the last decade um <laughs> and, 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 and two it wouldn't surprise me if most of the mums and dads are like former world cup like crystal globe winners or whatever it's just like oh yeah man. <laughs> yeah but it's you can you can see there as well it's all about love it's like shifrin and kill did they love each other oh they, get they, off yeah you set yourself up for that You're out of that. yeah so yeah Right, anyway, enough of that, enough of that. Right, on, we are moving on to the Women's Super G. We'll do Women's Super G from today. Rackenhild, Movenkel, uh picking up World Cup victory. Uh, and she skied amazingly well in that Super G. Didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, Hooter was second. Bassino was third. Goot mi narrowly missing out on a podium, which seems to be the theme of her weekend um, in fourth. Uh, Schifrin was in seventh. Uh, did you guys uh, get a glimpse of the Super G action here today? Which one of you wants to pick up on that one? Yeah, Cortina looks fun, doesn't it? That start with the, uh, you know, the big, the Dolomites either side, like the big, just yeah. kind of like gap in the mountain. That oh, looks like a really amazing. picturesque start and a really, and it's quite steep as well. So it looks kind of like fun to get your race underway with that. Just like nice steep pitch to get you going. No, no excessive pushing required, just getting your tuck <laughs> and get going. Um, but like you said, Movinkle, looked like she had it dialed in right from the start um i think up to that point um bassino had looked like it was going to be hard to capture the way that she'd skied it um but yeah it's, it's really good for my wrinkles she's had a pretty long journey back from some pretty harsh injuries in the last few years so really happy for her and again hooter kind of you're never quite sure what you're going to 
see from her after we had a kind of win earlier in the season and then skip the next day because of a head injury. Um, so yeah, her her uh, uh, run was 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 brilliant as well. It looked for a couple splits like she might actually be a little bit closer to Mo Winkle and just let it slide a little bit. But yeah, that that course does look quite fun to ski, and the, I think the setters did a pretty good job with actually putting enough of a challenge in. Like there are some bits where they let you get a lot of speed. And then put some quite challenging turns in, not quite as much as, as last week where we, where we said there was lots of bits where people were just backing off because the speed was too high and then they just couldn't handle the turns. This looked like a good blend of both. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know if I'm disappointed in Schifrin or she just hasn't had the speed skis on that much this year. So it's hard to know. Whereas normally when she gets them dialed in, she she can fly down the Super G and downhill ski. So I don't know whether disappointed is the right word. Surprised she wasn't challenging for the podium. It's probably a better way of putting it. Anything to add, Mr. Mathis? Actually, you know what? I was a bit critical last week of the girls, but I thought this week was much better. <laughs> I, might have to cut, I might have to cut the length of pause we did there. I was just waiting for you to... <laughs> thought you were going to expand on that. Yeah. That's why I oh, took a drink uh, thinking you were going to go into the reasons why it's better. I do think you it looked, you know, they looked a lot more comfortable. I mean, that I hill mean, is mega. It, then it that makes some of it. Like the, the conditions were like perfect. They were really perfect. Um, and actually, you know what? They all skied really well. What? Why did Sofia Gotcha not start? I'm, I, I must have missed this. Why? The reason why? Is it because of her crash? Yeah, I think she just, yeah, she crashed and just said that she was going to save herself. I think she just not gave herself a bit what? of a shock. Honestly, like, uh, what is she doing? Like, seriously, what is she doing? <laughs> I don't know. It just I makes sense. She goes, turns up, turns up, wins a race, turns up. Skis in the fence, turns up, wins a race, turns up, skis in the fence, yeah. takes a yeah, day yeah. off, wins again. It, like, it must get boring for her at some stage because... We're just trying to kill herself. Yeah, like literally every every second race is like, oh, what, what am I going to do today? I'm just going to ski in the fence today just because I can. And then, then going to win the next day with a broken hand, don't worry about it. I mean, it's unreal. It's I mean, can, but it's also it was unreal last... how many times she crashes. Like, it was last week. Wasn't it, Edwin? You said it must be really hard to be a coach. Yeah. You just aged prematurely from just having your hands over your face the entire time, never Honestly, quite knowing I what's going to happen. I can't watch it. I mean, I, I do watch her because she's blooming good at what she does, but you, you're always, every, you know, every sort of five or six turns, she does something, you're like sort of flinching because you think it's going to, you know, end badly for her. Thankfully, it doesn't always. And she, rips and, and you think oh my god this this girl's got some a huge talent and obviously is at the top of her game and then the next day she makes a little mis- like a silly mistake and just does something crazy and goes way too straight and ends up on you know in the nets or lucky to get away with not being injured really she it was a high speed crash as well it's pretty but in a not one at the same time there were quite a few crashes over the weekend at the at the um women's racing and some of them were just, I mean, Corinne Sutter's crash was also terrible. <laughs> she yeah. looked like she's had a real shocker there. And Nina Ortlib is injured again. So we, we are a couple couple people down after this weekend. And it wasn't, I mean, it was the Cortina. No, they, we'll, move, we'll, know, move on, we'll move on to the, down, the short and downhill because it sort of seems poignant that we sort of stick with this theme. Uh, and I get that they had to move the downhill start because of the wind. 
But without that top section, this hill is just a it's just a car park. And you were talking about Samaritz being one of those hills where you uh, you know you, you count the amount of times they're not in a tuck. Uh, this yeah. is exactly the same. Without that start section, it couldn't have been a less interesting for me. I'm, you know, nothing against any of the girls because they put up a good show and they did the day before and they did uh, today. But that it, it's just it's nothing. It's like that with a lot of lowered starts. You could, like there yeah. are so many places where you need well. where, where you need the whole slope to really get the the character of the race, and the race has been built around having that whole flow of of a run. And Cortina is one of those places where it doesn't feel as natural when you have a lower start. There are some places where you miss a section, but you can join the next section and have just as much speed. Cortina really isn't one of those because, like you said, it did feel just disjointed and very kind of not uneventful because things were still going on but yeah it's, it, it, it takes away from the race but like you said there's nothing you can do about it when the when the wind's that high and they can't run the race then you know you just gotta gotta let it run and, and, and go from there but I think Marcel has probably been the closest to picking Stu Hetch so far over over this season so far. I thought you know what she was actually she was skiing well in both days. Also today, I mean, she got a 13th place today from Bib 40 or something. I really, I'm really happy for her because she skis on Kessler, but also because she's had a hard, rough time. I mean, she's literally was so good and then, you know, basically injured herself and was nowhere to be seen. And I think that's, that's, it's, it's fascinating. I love that when people do, you know, come back and, and win races again. And I and guess, as could... yeah. God, I was going to say, I guess you could say the same for, for uh, granted, she's she's much younger, but um, Kasia uh, Vikov Lee, who, who came second in the oh, in yeah. the in that in that short and downhill as well, like she's had that horrific leg break, didn't she? Like a, a year or so ago, accident. a year yeah. and a half ago now, and um, and we've seen her start to come back, and we've seen kind of sections of her looking quite quick, but this was the the kind of I guess probably the 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 big moment to let her know she's back and she can compete and she's kind of strong and fit and all those kind of things. So it was quite yeah. a good a good little podium with with Katoni in there as well. So Stu Hetch coming back from from hers because there's been times in the last few years where we've said you know is she just in it for a for a paycheck and a and the sponsorship deals because she didn't look like she had the speed she had when she was you know on top of her game whereas now I don't know whether it's the the brand or her confidence but Steve H looks like she's got that natural raw speed back again which is brilliant so uh she must have taken my advice and had to your dad uh waxing her skis while we wait for uh <laughs> <laughs> for Ledeca to get fit uh, <laughs> have you got any news on that one Marcel any any update on how Esther's no no update unfortunately I think she's still you know recovering from her from her injury which is a real shame because I think there would have been some nice racing for her this year. And she's one, I think she's one always who always like risks everything. She yeah, she's just she's like another Godger, isn't she? She'll yeah. just go. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's I no hold back. She's another Godger with a couple of, you know, least crashes, I guess. Well, yeah, a couple less. But still likes less. a crash. Yeah, but who doesn't, right? I mean, yeah. nothing better than flying into a fence at 110. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all good. Yes, into an A net where you stop from, uh, yeah, like 60, 70 miles an hour in, in a meter into an A net. Um, I just, I've got, I had a quick question over the weekend from Gareth, who, who puts together the, um, the league. And he was asking about um, are there any independent fizz doctors 
you know, like in rugby that take a sort of overview that are impartial and go, you know, you're not allowed to race anymore. It's too day. You know, you're not allowed to play on, you know, he- he- in rugby, they do it as a head injury assessment. So they have an independent person that can hook any player off at any time to say, look, you've had a, a hit to the head. We're going to go and do a concussion test. You either pass it and you go back on or you fail it and you're off. Uh, and he's just wondering, because he says, I'm thinking about Godgia racing the day after an operation, killed the racing with a broken hand. He said he was just curious. Um, no, there is no, there is no, there's no, like, no one basically saying you can't race or you can race. There's, they don't have that in place. No, so, but which I, I think, which I think, for example, for, I mean, Kavirsel got cleared, but you clearly wasn't quite there, so th- yeah. that would be, you know, some maybe, yeah, because an Austrian doctor, if like, if a racer says, well, I want to race and I can't race, hmm. an Austrian doctor is not going to say no. They can recommend you, maybe you shouldn't, but they would not say no. But is it? I think an independent person would be definitely useful in those situations because, I mean, I think they should well. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't race the next day, but then on the other hand, they're athletes. Obviously, they should race because they, they want to get back on the horse as quick as possible. But tricky one, that one. This this weekend has been not not very successful in terms of yeah. injuries, especially with especially with speed skiers. They're they're uh, you know a deal one of them. They're a weird bunch. Um, they you know, you know I, I gotta <laughs> say something to the Cortina races actually because. There was one, I think it was Suter crashing on the on that roller. And after after that, all the girls, including Schifrin, they were terrified of it. Like they were, you could just see that they literally took a back seat on that on that place instead of just you know moving forward the same they would do usually. And I think that's that's one thing that is super dangerous. They probably have been told by coaches. I would just, you know, be aware of that situation, and it might, some may do have watched it on on TV as well. But it's, it's yeah, not, it's probably it's one of the da- yeah, it might be one of the downsides of having all of those uh, TV screens at the top head. Obviously, as a you know, all the other levels of racing where you don't have the video and stuff, you might hear a person's crashed at a point, and you might get told to make certain adjustments based on what you discussed yeah. before the race. But actually, seeing one of your peers, and it's when it's someone like. Suter, who you don't really see many mistakes from. She might have a bad day, but a bad day for Suter is just not going very fast. It's very rarely losing control and crashing into some nets. Um, so, yeah, I think that for speed skiers is maybe one of the downsides of having those cameras is when you see one of your peers and someone you know is a very good skier crash like that, it might make it quite hard for you to then attack that section with the same intensity that you would have done had you just heard about it. Something about watching it happen might just put people off a bit more. Yeah, I think it definitely has an effect. And, and you're right, Marcel, like once once one... And I don't know, is it different on the men's and women's tour? It's hard It's hard to say yes or no. And obviously you get it's very easy to get sort of pigeonholed into saying something for one side and not the other. But it does seem to be a, the case of it's maybe more easily influenced on the women's side of things. You just tend to see more mistakes off the same piece of terrain that has been causing issues. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I don't know. But you're right. That certainly on that day, that did happen. And every single one of them, that after, almost every single one afterwards went, oh, this is that roller that caught out Suter. I've got to do something different here or here it comes. I've got to be ready. Um, but just quickly going back to that uh, in medical question, I did get in touch with... Um, uh, somebody that works for Fizz as a volunteer going to going to events and as a medical advisor. 
And they said the short answer, because I put the same question to her. So the short answer is no. Fizz medical advisors are only at World Ski Championships and World Junior Champs and don't have the authority uh, and don't and are not present at World Cups. Insurance companies may not be too happy. The choice is down to the athlete and the physician. It is a good question, though, uh, something that is probably worth discussing at a um, Fizz medical committee meeting. Fizz is setting up a new athlete health unit uh, and that may have a retained physician, but that isn't for this season. So I think it's a, it's a very important question. And I think we have touched on that when we were talking about Caviezza with his crash in... Uh, it, was it in Beaver Creek? Lake Louise. Lake Louise. Louise. Yeah. And he definitely, you know, he, yeah, that's it. Cause he crashed, didn't he? And sort of almost, almost like knocked out before he even started crashing. Yeah. It was like he started to go down and then was already kind of limp before he hit the floor kind of thing. And I think head injuries is the place where that makes the most sense. Ed. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you talked about. Because you've got parameters for that. There's yeah, different ways for you yeah. to go. Are you concussed? Is it, you know, it, there are tangible things that you can do to check and obviously it's not every single time is it going to be accurate and I'm sure there's somewhere I've never had one of these assessments so I'm not sure what they entail but they seem pretty rigorous but obviously if somebody goes uh, have you you know how bad is that break in your in your hand are you do you think you're still gonna be able to okay to race yeah okay how can you test how dangerous it is for somebody to ski with a broken hand or to have their pole taped to their hand maybe you know maybe a case of you know if you can hold your pole all good but you can't you're not allowed to tape your bits of equipment to yourself maybe that's a, a way of sort of making it slightly, yeah uh, so for the example of yeah i guess of, of god years that's the most recent one of of kind of going and getting the pins put in her hand and then skiing the next day with it with her pole taped to her hand had she crashed with her pole taped into her hand and it impaled her or something horrendous like that because she couldn't let go of it and the you know the click mechanism isn't working then then serious questions would be asked of the sport of like what are you letting these racers do we're doing you know we're giving them airbags and and trying to in increase safety but then just because she doesn't have the strength to hold onto the pole you think it's fine to tape her equipment to her or, you know, and she's, you know, knowing God, that's exactly what she wants as well. But well, she went out and won, didn't she? Yeah, but like sometimes those kind of things, you, you know, you do need to be able to say, not you shouldn't be racing, like you said, but you could be, you you know, if you can hold the puddle or if you want to just push out of the gate and then let go of it, that's, that's fine. But we're not manufacturing something to stick it to you because if you have, especially someone like Godger, a Godger crash. Yeah. Something horrible could happen. It's interesting, don't, though. You don't, yeah, you don't want to be waiting for something bad to happen before you start thinking yeah, about no, those kind of rules. Cool. Yeah. Anything to add on that, Marcel? Have you had your two cents on that one? No, I had my two cents on that one. All right, nice one. Yeah. Anything to add before we move on to uh, the next race? No, I think no, it, it was a great. It was a great weekend. I think. Besides, well, we're not the there yet. We've got a few more to look back on before you. Uh, <laughs> summarize oh, the weekend i know it's not, your time not, i mean no i'm talking about the women's racing <laughs> the men's uh, racing is rubbish i'm not even going to talk about that <laughs> it's always so boring <laughs> you're such an idiot such an idiot. <laughs> um all right let's uh let's continue with the women's theme with the first downhill which was friday's downhill godger did take the win stuhets was a second vital was third and Schifrin was fourth and it looked like Schifrin's uh, decision to race in the speed events was going to be a um was going to be a good one really because she's racing what is she racing like uh 10 was it 
seven times in 10 days is that the thing it's going to be seven times in 10 days that that was a, a an annoying piece of social media that was getting on my nerves over the weekend i was like it's still voluntary you know like it's not some heroic month like odomat's done that a bunch of times this year and it's been like training runs for downhills and then downhill super g I and then think... immediately some gs's it's it's different for it's different for Schiffrin to do it because normally she would veer away from that yeah but that's but my I think, point yeah i think she knows cortina's yeah. yeah i think she knows cortina's a venue where she has a good likelihood of of picking up massive points and she skied really well on that on that first downhill day and you know was was probably a bit unlucky um, not to come away with the podium, like fourth was 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 right up there. Um, there I don't know if something happened with the, with the piece or not, but there was like a little group. I think like then the, on the results, like four to seven were all people in the in the twenties coming through. So like Schifrin, Barami, Tipler, and uh, Laura Gaucher of, of France, they all came through in that kind of like twenties seeding. Whereas normally you'd expect, you know, you'd like there's the occasional big name like. Schifrin starting outside that top seed, but for four of them to come in and put in that solid top 10 performance makes me think that there was either, whether it was either the wind or just the piece kind of speeding up a little bit, there was a nice little section in there for a, for a few people. And to be honest with you, like Marcel and I were, were talking with before about Stu Hedge, it was, it was just good to see her back to her flying best. Marcel? Yeah, I said it already. <laughs> 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 don't make me repeat myself oh, you yeah, said too many words already yeah you, you, you gave me do not do not remember the limit you gave me i have like i do for now i have a clock next to me so i can like you know it's like a chess player i have only a certain <laughs> of minutes that i can talk <laughs> yeah so we pay for right yeah, that's why you, that's why I'm not talking more because you don't pay me. <laughs> that's why I'm not that, that's why I'm not giving my expert opinion. Actually. Such little mercenary. I do uh, that on on my other podcast. Are you little? You you wouldn't <laughs> you couldn't do that to us. Marcel's novelty T-shirt podcast. Watch me, watch me, mate. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you know, we, we sort of said it. We said it all already. But Godjia was. Um, you know, started off the weekend looking like it was going to be a, the Goggia show in Cortina um, and then sort of un, undid it herself, really, which was, again, a bit of a shame. But Stu Hetz, back to back to her best. Oh, did you mention Kasia Vikofli? Absolutely yeah. smashing that in there. Norwegian, another Norwegian. Um, sorry. Are you not listening to your own podcast? What you <laughs> I, had to do, I had to do a run with the a little help out with the baby. I had to take a little sneaky exit. We I'm did, sure we that did. you guys have got this covered. So good. Excuses <laughs> over excuses. Yeah. Glad to so see you guys have got it covered. Oh, dear. But yeah, no, it was uh, Stu Hetz back to back to close to being back to her best. Do you think that that's because it was Cortina and she loves it there and it sort of suits that style of of the way that she can just chuck it down one of the steep hills or do you think it's you know we're going to see that consistency i mean well the world champs hill is pretty good for her as well in theory i think with it being fast and rough and ready well i mean like she's had three podiums this year so i think she's definitely back to you know back to her best imagine and how fast she'd be if she was on stockley's can you imagine <laughs> jesus christ that would be that would be brutal <laughs> oh dear Maybe she can get uh, no bite. Move on, move on to head and get Foitz's uh, uh, wax mouth. Uh. <laughs> we have got to talk yeah, about Foitzing. They must be. They have a lot of. They have a lot of um, technicians now. They're free. Foitz, Myers, 
So that's good. That can be an off-season podcast. Is the uh, yeah. Waxman the Waxman Wars of who's going to get Foyts and uh, Myers Waxman? I don't know who's that. I mean, head head have lost some big players. I wonder if they're going to go shopping. If they're well, there's shopping. not much to shop this year, I don't think, because most people have just will have started just new contracts. Renewed their contracts, yeah. After the Olympics, so they might go for Gorgia. I, I I don't know if Gorgia will be skiing next year. Honestly, I think she's just. I think she must be getting bored now, not of winning, but of being injured. Do you know who does look really bored? Who? Lara Gutbarami. Anybody else think that she looks? She just looks really bored. Just at the bottom, and she's that like, was going to be my response, but I don't know why. Yeah, I think I saw the same things you did, Edward. Just like she kind of gets to the back of the finish area, bumps into the bounce, and just like, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about that run. Like, I mean, okay. I know she was unlucky. I know that she narrowly missed out on a bunch of podiums, t- twice fourth. Um, but she just, but all season long, I don't, I don't think I've seen a smile on her face. I can't, just feel like she's just sort of going through the motions. Head might have another another free technician at some point soon. It's, yeah, that it's a strange one. I don't know. I don't know why she's not having speculation. She's skied well all, all weekend. Not her absolute best, but not badly by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't see anything in her skin that made me go, oh, that's a mistake or that's really bad. It was just, okay, a couple small errors here and there and, and you get beaten. That's that's what you know ski racing is. But yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of, I mentioned the other week, she had the issue where she just kind of didn't do any interviews and just went back to the hotel because she had a had the hump. Um, and she doesn't look angry, angry either. She just looks like, nah. Just, 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 it's, it's, it's really whatever. weird. Just, just whatever about it. Yeah, but maybe that's, a, you know, that's a whatever attitude. It's fine. Just keep going. It's the curse of such ridiculous <laughs> success that a couple fourths and you're just disinterested by your own brilliance at skiing. <laughs> yeah, no. Man, being this good is so boring. So bored about being this fast at skiing. Oh, imagine if I could be that bored. <laughs> That's the that dream. Would, would be to be that bored. Uh, anything to add before we move on to back to Kitzbühel? Do you, I have actually one question, and I know you're going to touch upon that, but are they going to do the men's Super G on the women's track or the new newly built um, World Championship? Oh, what they did at World Championship? That you know was what? fun. I don't know. Oh, the, one where, the one where everybody, like, <laughs> everybody had an absolute nightmare. And... Uh, Kriegmeier won, didn't he? Because he basically snowplowed over the roll. <laughs> <laughs> that was good fun. I hope that's going to happen again. And who See, was that, that, that's, who, that's, that's, that's was that? I was trying to think. Was that World Champs or was that Olympics? Um, but it was the World, World Champs, Champs, wasn't it? Yeah. Who 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 was it that did that mega flat spin? The guy that did the like, the three sixty. Like Musaton or Gizendano? It's one of the oh, French yeah. guys, no, wasn't Musa, it? Musa. I think Musaton. Oh, no, Gizendano. I can't. Remember. No, it wasn't Blaze. It wasn't. It wasn't Gizendano. That was, so good it was probably Max then. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know, actually, Marcel, good point. I hope it is the men's one, because that women's one, the bottom part of it's too too too, bore, too boring, I think. Yeah, well, to, like the men's part at the bottom is pretty boring as well. It's like just as flat, but the top part is exciting. So I don't know. You never know. We'll see. Good question. You, don't will, find out. you will find out. You're the expert. Well, we don't know either, do we? And we're going to have to pick that. So that could come into, uh, come into, into the psyche. Look at you, Chuck and Grace. I bet you know the answer as well. You're not telling us. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move back to the men's race. And I think before we look at the men's races, we've got a little nod to Beat Foyt, who has now officially retired. 
second big retirement. This one obviously wasn't a surprise that it was coming. Um, just a few stats. I'm sure you guys have probably heard them over the weekend. 217 World Cup starts. Uh, how many podiums? 45. Loads. 59 podiums. How many wins? Loads. 18. 18. 16 wins. Uh, he's been on three World Championship podiums. He's had one win, 2017, which was... In downhill? Sam Ritz, downhill, yeah. Uh, three podiums at the Olympic Games, one win in... Downhill, Beijing. No, China, in China. Yeah, Beijing, downhill. Um, his first World Cup start was in Reiteralm in 2006 in which World Cup discipline? Super combined. Yeah, Alpine combined. Oh, I was going to say slalom just because it was just the most <laughs> random thing it could possibly have been. <laughs> Uh, and how many downhill globes has he had? Five. Four. Four downhill globes. Four, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Back to back globes. Uh, he got very, actually, I didn't actually realize this until I was looking at, at his mega stats. But he actually got very, very close to winning the overall. Back yeah, he did against Marcel Hirsch in, in 2012. Yeah, stop looking at Fiske. Did you just look that up? No, 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 because I was there. Um, yeah. yeah. I was there. That's like, that's a, that is carrying, true. carrying Marcel's skis or boots. <laughs> I was yeah, I was carrying his boots. <laughs> no, hundred percent true. Yeah, he was second in the big globe in 2012, 25 points away from winning over Marcel Hirscher. Um, if I could have actually helped him win, what if you if you if you just had one GS there? Yeah. No, no, I could have not. Well, if Hirscher wouldn't have won that GS, well, he still have, would have. And actually, that doesn't make any sense. But. <laughs> Almost, I could have almost helped him to win. Yeah, I mean, if you'd, you'd, won a, if you'd won a couple GSs that year, Marcel. Yeah. If you'd won a couple, take those I only, I only had to, I only had to ski about five seconds quicker than I would have helped. <laughs> Same, uh, but what I mean, <laughs> that that career of his, um, something Phenomenal. special, something special. Phenomenal. He's such a nice guy as well. I don't, I, don't, really... I never actually met him. At... It's a shame that it, you know what, I re that really pissed me off actually. They could have given him like two or three minutes. I know the race had to go on because it was not, yeah, but great. it was blizzarding as well. I think maybe if it had been a decent weather day where it really wouldn't have mattered if, if you'd taken a bit of time, but that second downhill, the conditions were pretty brutal, and I just think they couldn't have afforded to, uh, it just wouldn't have been well, fair. Who is it? I can't remember I, who's next, but wouldn't have been I reckon fair. he's just happy that he didn't hurt himself, really. Yeah, I th yeah, I, obviously, we, we talked about last week, he had that very nearly <clears throat> good send-off in Wengen. He almost had the podium there, which would have been a brilliant send-off. Um, but it was it, when he kind of started rising to prominence, it was, you know, just after, not long after Kush had retired, but it wasn't like he was, he was never the heir apparent to Didier Kush. It wasn't like with... Um, it seems like he sort of became, was under the radar and all of a sudden really consistently well. And I don't even remember him like being on the way up. He it's was a bit like, it's he like, was so like, he was so good. He was so always. It, yeah, strange because like with the Norwegians when they had Svindal, Jansrud was kind of there, and when they had Jansrud, Kilda was there. Like they they all it, it, you generally know who's going to be the next one with those, but you didn't you didn't really see it with with Foyts being the kind of understudy to, to Kush, and there was a big like who's going to be the the kind of Swiss like speed guy now, and then you know four. Globes later, and I was this guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was this guy that doesn't look like an athlete at all. Uh, who you know just looks like he's just gone for a ski, and he never looked like he was trying hard. He was always ridiculously quick, just skiing as chilled out as you as you like. Well, 
this would be an interesting study is what is his what was his highest ever training run position because if he's ever <laughs> becoming the top 20 of training i have, i don't believe it because his training runs just like i'm gonna i'm training run one i'm gonna go fast on the top section and then just cruise to the bottom and then i'm training run two i'm gonna go fast at the bottom and cruise he was just trying to put section. some texture in the race surface for everybody else that was the plan for the just switch he's yeah. <laughs> doing the camera run <laughs> but yeah, Brilliant guy. You know, he, he was actually, so he was, I think he won a couple of medals at the Junior World Championship and then he got injured a lot. So he had like a couple of ACLs and I remember one time he's, they almost lost his knee as well. But he was, he was really good in slalom when he was younger. He was really good at it. He has, I'm just looking at a couple. Well, he's on the, because uh, po- well, Pantero, Pantero put that on, didn't he? Uh, the picture of his first podium that he shared with Bayer, and it was super um, or in a super combined. Bauman had won, and then Pantero, and then Foyt. No, but he was he was always such a big talent when he was younger as well. And, I mean, he came, I think he came flying, and then he had a lot of injuries. And then, you know, all of a sudden, he was, like, slowly progressing and then really coming. Do you know what? I wish, I wish sometimes... There. I wish sometimes you sort of knew how good he was going to be. And then when you saw him, at his like a couple of World Cups, knowing that he was going to be like the super talent that he was going, I'm going to keep an eye, you know, I really want to see how his sort of early journey was. I mean, I could start, sit there and, and look back over Fiske and sort of paint a picture by numbers. But do you know what I mean? Like some of these superstars that you go, actually, do you know what? It's been really interesting to watch him in those early World Cups and see where he did when he started at 50th in a downhill and, did it you know how often was he into the 30 from a, a high bib number before he started to establish himself was he the guy that sort of boshed into into sixth in his first one and then was always in the 30 or was he you know having to chip 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 away and it took him a while i mean you can you can see on the fist list for example um 2007 so he was ranked 88 in downhill at the at the end of 2007 and 123 in in super g and then he had two years where he was injured and then all of a sudden he pops up and he's then 2010 he started to be in the top 10 and then from then on i think he was constantly constantly um basically in the top 10 mega mega stuff how come none of your injuries got you in the top 10 ed what's going on yeah injury maybe, that I had. maybe i just didn't have enough <laughs> take two years out take two years out come back and start getting top gonna, tens I'm, gonna, I'm sure that there would have been a race at one point where we were in the same one and he made a massive mistake i'm sure i'm gonna go print it out frame a race <laughs> where i beat him well you you could still start a comeback like i mean clary is still going so 42 years old unbelievable uh, absolutely unbelievable. let's talk let's go let's head back over and talk about the actual racing oh i'm going to go back to the a little bit confusing for you to follow the timeline but i want to start at the beginning of this one uh, of downhill number one which was uh, the first day which was friday vincent kriegmeyer took took the win and then the weather got better and it was just such a brilliant brilliant race uh, Florian Shida, Shida, Marcel, any either Shida, Shida in second, Hinterman in third, Goldberg so unlucky fourth, and then Paris and Sejersted were in a tied fifth. Uh, do you know what? I that was I just absolutely loved every minute of that downhill. So good, that was iconic. That was an iconic race. Ridiculous. You, you there was literally everything in there. I mean, favorites crashing left right and center knee almost near death experience for some of the races uh, it was just 
just crazy. I mean, Odermatt and Kilda had a, an absolute shocker, both of them. Yeah. Well, Odermatt then, yeah, didn't start the following downhill because he went and got a scan on his knee. Thankfully, no sort of structural damage, just uh, an injury, just a just an injury, just a sore knee, if it can be just but you could You could see he was like, he was visibly like rattled from the crash, like he, not from like that near crash. You could just see that he was like, oh, oh God, now I'm really, I really overstepped the line here. Yeah. I need to, I need to hold back a bit. And then, I mean, Kilde, you, that was the difference. Kilde was literally just laughing it off. He was like, well, whatever. Um, yeah, but Kilde's then... been there before. And that's the, that's the other thing, isn't it? Kilde's had injuries, had big crashes, had near misses before. And certainly in World Cup, Odomat hasn't had that. He burst onto the scene at World Cup finals a couple of seasons ago and has been there or thereabouts at the sharp end and, and been the, one of the most consistent men on the World Cup tour in any discipline. And I kind of wonder whether that was the first one that sort of really, really shook him up to go, do you know what? If this goes wrong, it, it goes wrong really badly, really quickly. Yeah. This, might, this might be the one that says I might just want to be a GS specialist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm making enough money doing that. I don't need to do any of this downhill business. You know what? Um, Those long skis, they don't look so good anymore. Yeah. Apparently having your dins on 25 is dangerous. It was also, it was also um, weird, wasn't it? How he, how he did it. I mean, he was like, obviously being compressed in the back and then he went completely the wrong way. Like, yeah, high-sided. Um, <laughs> really close to that being but it's it, it was a classic disaster. like Odermatt crazy turn I have to like you could just see it coming basically he just boshed on all his GS skills did he boshed on all that pressure and just went that nah, I'm muscling my way because it was on um uh the Stahlhang wasn't it he was just like I'm just gonna muscle my way around this one nail at the exit and you thought that was you know gonna be the t- the point where he was gonna make his time was gonna be into that long flat and then it was like oh look out he nearly did a bodie up the nets yeah, um, yeah, but... it's it's yeah, it's, it's an interesting one to see how. Like, hopefully, the inju- like obviously, like you said, the scans and stuff. So there's not, there's nothing kind of like weirdly some of the some of the like specific wording used makes you worry a bit. They're like, there's no new injury, and you're like, wait, does that mean there's already an injury that we don't <laughs> know about? These absolutely dominating the World Cup with a dodgy knee. Um, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't look quite right skiing down. He definitely backed off a bit, and hopefully, there's nothing that. He's not got long messes, to recover if, if there that is. That messes with either the world champs or the rest of the season. I mean, he could probably not do many races the rest of the season and still win. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully there's nothing there because you really don't want that to be the deciding factor. We've had it on too many other seasons where an injury is what, well, what decides yeah. things. Kilda's not very far away from him now, is he, in terms of the overall? It's only a couple hundred points. It was looking like quite a long <laughs> way. I mean, it is quite far away. Well, so we're only half... We're, we're not a million miles, you know, it's only a couple hundred points, two DNFs. And if he doesn't yeah, start, let's say he doesn't start one, so that's already, I mean, and Kild has already said that he's going to go, he's going to be racing in Schladming on Wednesday. So, well, to be honest, like, <laughs> yeah, everyone, retiring, everyone is retiring. So Kild is going to win all the downhills anyway. So that's another, I don't know how many downhill races there are left, but I think it's three more downhills and how many more Super Gs? Well, um, two Super Gs four, coming up at the weekend. So. And three downhills are left. So 700 points still on the cards for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then that amazing recovery from Kilda after the traverse. He just, he basically just didn't take enough direction on that, uh, you know, after the, um, 
after the Red Bull jump, didn't take enough direction into it, then dropped low and then had to put on low depression and come back up the hill. He just got cat on. I don't remember seeing many people that close to that part of the net before. I can't remember that being a place no. where people nearly crashed. I mean, obviously, at the bottom of the A net on the traverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah but... a bit of net that's there to catch all the people falling off the edge of the mountain. Now, normally, yeah. that's where we're used to seeing people. It was weird. I've never seen Kilda look like he had jelly legs before. And for those three turns, it, I don't know what was keeping him up. Obviously, we know he's massively powerful. But it also looked like he didn't have anything left in his legs as well. It was really weird to watch. Like, he almost looked like drunk the way his legs were. Obviously, he wasn't. But it just looked like it. When they showed all that, the, the, the replays, and it was all over social media, I was like, what actually is happening to his legs in this, like, three turns? Because that is not, like, I've never seen him look that out of sorts like normally like you said with Odomat you just think if he gets in trouble just all of those ginormous muscles in his body tense up and he just muscles his way out of trouble and is is fine again but that was that was really weird and like you said he got so far over to those nets on like the skiers left you're like what is he where is he going yeah I mean that is going to be that is a that would be a horrendous crash because that net was pretty close he's going pretty quick and then it's you know right and down high speed would have been battling through those b-nets been horrible Thank it would have been interesting to see what happens when you crash there because probably no one's ever crashed there so it's sadistic like... <laughs> it'd be really interesting no. to see maybe not maybe not with killed though maybe with someone less important <laughs> god that is even that's you can't say that that's bad <laughs> I, think, I think he was pretty retired because i don't know maybe it was like a late night facetime session with with shift oh, don't <laughs> don't talking tactics talking tactics about how he's going to challenge of the day i'm not sure if that was on his tactic card far hey no you but know? he certainly fixed it for the second day but quickly before we move on that the rate i love the fact that the race was getting quicker and quicker and quicker uh shida just uh, i can't imagine what that would feel like to come down from bib whatever he was 43 what was whatever he was um to come down and get a podium at kitzbühel when you when you've got you know you've never been in the top thirty before you've never even been close to, you've never done anything yet and you get on a podium in Kitzel must be just the most insane feeling um, but look wicked but I do I I did feel really sorry for uh, Goldberg because yeah. he came you know Sejersted came down and was tied third. And you're like, oh, that's an amazing result. He'd never been on a downhill podium before. And, you know, it's about time. He's had loads of injuries. And then all of a sudden Goldberg comes down, deposes Paris and him. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, that was a monster run. He's going to get himself his first ever World Cup podium. And then all of a sudden it's like, again, hold my beer. And uh, Sheeta just went absolutely sent it. Just, I don't know, cloud nine. He must have been in, must have been insane. Yeah, the, I mean, those kind of performances are, are, are brilliant and it doesn't it doesn't quite feel the same like way we've talked about with the tech races where you don't like it, where the conditions kind of hand someone a podium. Yeah. Obviously, you still got to go out there and take it no matter what, what the conditions are doing. But it is fun because you're so used to those guys later on always having it harder. It's really nice to be like... The, the conditions are still hard it's just they can see where they're going so they can push that bit harder and then it is really just that's how that's how good they are at skiing um and there's a few guys in there that that really put down like monster times um you know 
although he talk, he, he's had big results before, but like Brody Thompson and Justin Mauricier and those kind of guys, you know, are fast. Yeah. But when they get the, the chance with, with a yeah. good bit of visibility, you're like, this is what we can do. Even when it's a bit cut up, we can still absolutely fly. Um, and if you're going to do it on a hill, do it down Kitsbjörn because there's there's not many better places to do it. Oh, no, mate. It was so good. Um, Marcel, anything to add on race one before we... Jump. No, I think it was it was amazing. I, the only thing was like there were not that many people like spectators watching on the first day, but I guess it's because it was it's a Friday. hard. It's a Friday. Maybe they should yeah. run it at night. Um, because Marcel, Swiss no, fans are better. That's what it is. Swiss fans, Swiss fans better than the Austrian fans. Exactly. And then the night video of Lindsay Vaughn. I need, I mean, she had, of course, she had to do something now, right? So she prints. It's, it's, it's not, so she had to put her, her name back in the book somewhere. Yeah, do you know, what? I'm feeling very cynical about. Um, you've caught me at a very cynical day today or weekend. That I just, you know, I'm seeing an awful lot of Lindsay Vonn all of a sudden now that Schifrin's uh, take or equaled her record and is about to beat it. You're like, oh, and and you know that downhill run at night or sectioned downhill run at night was uh, was very cool. But and to be what is she forty and to be racing down Kitsbill in the dark at night. I, w- I don't think she's forty. Don't make her up. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's born in she's born in uh, eighty two, I think, isn't she? Is she forty? Isn't she? Go somebody quickly Google her. I'm pretty sure she's born in eighty two. Um, God, was eighty three? Anyway, she's <laughs> whatever. She's nearly there. Um, thirty eight. Thirty eight. Which which year is she born in? Eighty four. All right, sorry. Time's flying for her as well. Apologies. Nearly, nearly forty. Yes, yeah, still, still, still all we're still all younger than Claire, aren't we? And yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, she, we're seeing a lot of her all over all over the World Cup at the moment, trying to you know stay. I was about to say something that I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> what I would say is that what thinking of what Vaughn did and, and kind of putting into context what Schifrin's did. I know we're going away from, from the current racing, but I was thinking about it this weekend when you see the crashes and you know of the injuries and obviously tech racers have injuries as well. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's not taking anything away from those guys, but Vaughn getting that many wins With in that many speed, injuries. or just in speed as well, when it takes such a toll on your body, like obviously like Ed, you're the, you're the speed racer, you know it more, but you see like, what these people go through. Um, She was very much like a the, the kind of god year of her days. When yeah, she crashed, she crashed big because yeah. she was always on. There wasn't a, oh, I'm, I'm really near the nets. I'm going to back off. It was, I'm going to keep going. And if I hit the nets, yeah. I hit the nets. Yeah. And and that's something, you know, we, we talked about Schiffer and she's absolutely incredible and she'll break the record and smash it and go on to, to do even more. But at the same time, like, her, like what is it? They said like 50 or 60 of her wins are in slalom or something. You know, like it's, without trying to take away from her achievement just to, to no, put Vons into context is yeah. she, it is so much more brutal to do that when you look at like you know say we're just talking about Foyt's an absolute legend of downhill and he had 16 wins in downhill or in world cups and Von somehow got to like 80 odd all in speed events pretty much like it's it is incredible when you think of what her body yeah. went through I would be and... interesting to see what what her how, how many of of her career how much of it, including with those 80, 82 wins, were, uh, and then miss how much time she actually missed 
through injury because I think she spent quite a lot of time out at one point as well and still and then she came back didn't she and then did a couple right at the end of her career just at those world champs and whatever that year was 2015 no 17 19 wherever it is in RA I think was her last one wasn't it um but uh yeah isn't that is a hundred percent right Ben I think that there's nothing you can't take anything away from her it's a different a different discipline 100 percent. and to, and to chuck herself down kitzbühel at 38 years old is uh it's pretty impressive she always wanted to have a go at it and and you know whether whether you do it in pieces or whether you do the whole thing is uh to be just chucking yourself down it is is pretty mind-blowing really Surprised Herscher didn't uh, challenge it at some kind of race. Well, he's already done, he's done it as well, did he? He did yeah. his one, didn't he? He did yeah. his version of it. I'm surprised they didn't have like some kind of uh, uh, special event between the pair of them racing each other. Um, and then should we move on to race two? Moving on to race two. Do you know what? It was a, a spectacle, but it just didn't have the same feel. Like it went from being like the most exciting race from start to finish, pretty much from day one. And then on to day two, take nothing away from Kilda who absolutely bossed. He really did that race. Claret was second and Travis Ganong um, in third, announcing his retirement. Uh, very lovely, more love on the World Cup tour at the same time as his uh, fiance, Marie-Michelle Ganong, who is also going to retire at the end of the season. They're going to do off something you know, lovely and together and away from ski racing. I can get you a t-shirt of that as well. <laughs> Wait, I've got, I now have so many t-shirts. So many t-shirts. I'm going to keep it, you know, I'm never going to have to buy a new t-shirt. So I wish you wear them, wear them, wish you wear them when we're recording, yeah. When you do your commentary, can you wear them as well, please? That's a good luck, <laughs> good luck, Charles. It's like they don't put the camera on him when he's commentating. Well, so it's fine, we don't need to see him. Um, but yeah, so it was, was pretty enough for me to. Um, it was pretty, I was so pumped for Claret when he came down. I honestly thought that that was... I, could, I thought it just... was. I was really hoping it was going to be the win. Obviously, you have to wait for Kilda to come down when he's on the form that he's on. But I thought he was in there for the chance for his first World Cup win, and then then but he got smashed see... by six, seven, ten. You, you could just see like his experience is unbelievable. He was skiing down. You know, he's he can do it like blind as well. If you get, he, I mean, he skied down a hundred thousand times, and the way he was skiing, he was like so relaxed. You know, like he knew exactly where he had to start his turn, where he had to like finish his turn, which line to take. Like it was really impressive how he skied, and I thought that was you could you could simply see that he's. I mean, you can't see that he's forty two years of age, but you could see that he has done a lot of skiing. Yeah, it was pretty pretty good. Go on, then. go on, Ben. Yeah, no, it's just there's there's something about the way Claret skis, and it reminds me a little bit of of Brignoni on the women's side. He's just happy. He just enjoys it so much. You're like, mate, you just keep you just keep going. If you're enjoying it, like he's still clearly got the speed, and you know, like similar to you, Ed was you you kind of knew, you know, Kilda's probably still going to win this, but there was that kind of two like two few minutes you had between uh between when Clary went down and killed her kid down. You're like could he could he yeah, could, could he yeah, exactly. is it maybe like why are you gonna ruin it killed her i was like writing fairy tales we're writing fairy tales here and you're here ruining it he was like i'm writing my own story of the weekend of nearly oh, ended dear. up in a net no one's ever crashed into smashing the next day <laughs> which is a good story as well we'll let you have that one what are you going to say, Marcel? 
no, I, I, I thought I just said, "How dare you to win Kilda?" But no, it was a, it was. A, I think the weekend was really, really good. It was such a good skiing, good level of excitement for everyone. I mean, I, I think it was. This was the perfect weekend. Yeah, but a proper winter, a proper winter's racing weekend, yeah. wasn't it? Sort of. We thankfully didn't have to talk about. Obviously, we talked a bit about the fresh snow that was falling, and I think you had to, especially on that second day. So much snow coming down. The minute there was any sort of breaks, it was. You know, the, the next person was powder powder hunting and uh, a couple of yellow flags. Um, do you see that, sh- that uh, Schutter, the Austrian guy? Yeah, he's injured as well. Yeah, he got yellow flagged on the first day and he was flying as well. He, his bits were mega. Got yellow flagged, went round, had to do it again. And then did he crash or did he? No, he just went slowly. And then the second day he crashed just at carousel. Didn't even look like that bad a crash, but he's done his knee. Yeah, he's done his knee. So it's another another Austrian who can't ski anymore, which is they've really short on people now. They are really short on people. Yeah, there was only like was it like three in the top thirty or something? Yeah. So the the problem is they have more spots, but they can't fill them because you have to have a certain you know only I think only one person out of the top hundred or hundred and fifty is allowed to ski. So you have to you have to be within. I think it it was 100 back in the days when I was skiing, but yeah, if you wouldn't be in the 100, the Austria ski team, they can only fill up one spot with someone out of the top 100. And that's why they can't, why they can't fill, you know, the people. I mean, they've and, got, the guys they've got left aren't bad. They've got, they've got Kriegmeier, Striedinger, Hemmetsberger. You know, they're not, not terrible. Obviously, you know, you want did more guys in Hemmetsberger, there. Though. I mean, yeah, it had a top ten in the. Uh, I think he was. I think he was good skiing. I made a couple of small mistakes, but I'm I'm actually more worried because I followed the the junior world championships really closely, and there is there was one guy from Austria who won a medal. Well done to him, but other than that, it's like it's not looking very smart, and that's the problem. There is not many. There are not many people coming back. But that's, from the back. But that's what we were talking about last week, isn't it? It's you know, it, that's why it takes you how long it took the Swiss to come back because they did the same thing and there was nobody coming through. So you've got to, st- you know, you're not starting with, you, you've got to start with a base. And if you don't have good guys at world junior champs level, you know, it's a, it's a, a totally different game trying to build these guys up into that, into that sort of performance. And the Austrians, I don't really think they've ever had to sort of build people up. They've always had good people that they've just made better. I mean, maybe that's yeah. doing them a disservice. I don't know, but do you know what I mean. Like, they've yeah, sure. and if they're not at world champ, world junior champs level, then you're knocking back another five years or so until you get maybe the next group of youngsters. And all of a sudden, obviously, by the time world junior guys come through, you're looking at five, you know, three, four, five years time for world junior champs guys to be at the top of World Cup if you're quick doing it. Otherwise, you've got you know another five. You've got ten years to wait before you if you mess up that pathway. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be more easy. importantly. All I'm hearing is uh, sounds like a space for a uh, Marcel comeback. Are you talking about me or, or the other Marcel? You obviously. Oh me, uh, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. I I thought about it. Um, I think I'm now you're sure. talking about your extra uh, Christmas weight. Good for the speed talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he talks about those Austrians needing some downhillers. You know, you've got the build now. Exactly. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah, I don't think I would pass the fitness test. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything to add before we move on yeah, to an absolute... For, you know, throwing himself down the downhill as well. Mate. British athlete. Yeah, Roy did um, 
I'm sure you would have liked to have gone a bit quicker, but just hats off to hats off to people starting and chucking themselves out of that downhill. Yeah, because he actually this, looks like he enjoyed it and was annoyed they didn't go faster, rather than just relieved they'd finished two races in a row down Gisby. Oh, this was actually this was actually something that they discussed in Austria. If the the strife has like lost its, you know, dangerousness. They but, were talking about yeah, they were talking about like younger athletes from Austria, you know, they were like, Oh, it wasn't actually that bad, like it was fine, like we were not really that bothered about going down the first time. So they were talking about it not being making it harder. Yeah, good. Especially for that. yeah, making it a bit harder actually. It it is a bit softer than it used to be, but I still think it's like brilliant. I mean, like, you used to, I don't, used to... you don't need to see people crashing into that bottom net on the traverse, which is what we had a few years back when, like, nearly every race that they were almost having. Yeah, the they end tried to the... they tried, put a little shimmy turn in, didn't they, and tried to get people coming in from lower down to truck so they could sort of slow them down before they came onto traverse, didn't they? Have you guys? Ever it didn't watched... work. It just made them go even faster at yeah. the net instead. Yeah. <laughs> bad, Have you ever guys? Guys, have you ever watched this video on on YouTube? It's 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 pretty brutal. It's about kids' book crashes. Of I can't all time. do it. I can't do it. It's I can't watch crazy. that stuff. Honestly, they had like they had wooden fences, and I mean, people were just they were flying left, right, and center. It's I actually mean, it's, it's it's the classic sort of ragdoll start to ski Sunday where they're like properly cartwheeling, and you just and they get up and walk away, and you're like. I don't think Kitzbühel's lost any of it. I think this year they talked about how the snow was really good and actually how that fresh, all that fresh snow coming down actually made it a bit smoother than it maybe normally is. Um, I mean, the start is still brutal. I mean, Kitzbühel itself is once you get past this, past the um, Stahang, you're, you know, that next section all the way until you get to the Mausefaller isn't, isn't um, not the Mausefaller, the, uh, um, the Red Bull jump, which is called Marcel, what's it called? Hausberg. Yeah. Um, and all that whole section, that middle third, there's nothing to that middle third because you've just Marcel, got that long, long a chance of sponsorship there. This official name is the Red Bull jump. Marcel, good <laughs> sponsorship done. Is that right? But that's the Hausberg counter. Yeah. It's the Hausberg. And so, yeah, so that whole section is nothing until you get over the, until you go over the Hausberg canter and then all of a sudden it's like, wake up and it's brutal finish, but it's only, it's sort of sandwich. It's like, I was going to say, it's a, you know, it's like a crap sandwich. I'm just looking at your best result in kids, but it's pretty good actually. Oh, my super, super G. That was pre, pre-Olympics there. Quite enjoyed that. That's, that was quite fun. That's pretty good, mate. Well done. You almost beat Bodie Miller as well. Did he fall over? <laughs> no. Yeah, that was one of the ones where he was still, no, he was still he did on one foot. <laughs> did he do it all on one leg? <laughs> but you, you guess who you beat actually in that race? Beat Foyts. Nope. No. <laughs> Dominic <laughs> Paris. Dominic Paris. You beat Dominic Paris. He was 43rd and you 42nd. Yeah, screw him. See? <laughs> I knew I was better than that guy. <laughs> Alexander Horoshilov was skiing as well. Jesus Christ. We admit we you robot over. Yeah. He's gone. He's out. We shut him off. We shut him off. No, we anyway, off. right, enough Good. of that. Enough of that. We've got we've got about a thousand races to pick before this weekend. So let's get going. 
let's start with we'll do all of the men, then all of the women. So the men are racing Schladming Night Slalom and the Night GS, uh, obviously both in Schladming. Um, ben, would you like to get us underway, my son? Both of them, please. Uh, slalom, I'm gonna go uh fella for the comeback after the uh after the uh, uh disappointment of the other day and gs i'm gonna say uh oh, i don't know who i want to pick for gs marcel you go first on the slalom i'll come back i to go you. for um who's gonna win the slalom i think it's gonna be christopherson he's like a specialist for schlub isn't it are we sure he's going to be all right on those ice yeah, snow with those bandiers? I mean, Hirsch will be in the factory right now building new skis. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> There's a whole, <laughs> new, whole new line of gear coming out momentarily. They'll be literally in this ski room now. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Clement Well. actually. Mm. I think that he is going to be fired up and he's, he quite likes it there, doesn't he? He nearly, he nearly smashed it before falling over. He looked a bit rugged today, actually. Yeah, second run was not, not so good, but I think he's got it. I think he's got it in him. And then for the GS, I'm going to go Luke Mayer. Ooh. I'm going to go for Kronjets. Do we know if Odomat's going to be racing? Nope. Don't want to take the risk. I'm not sure if he is. I'm going to say Odomat and do Marcel and give myself a sub if he's not racing. That's no, fine. Can't. One reposal for you. What? <laughs> uh, okay. Cromplatz uh, GSs. Are we talking about men's or women? Women's Cromplatz GS. I'm going to go Bassino Schifrin, please. Um, I go for Brignone. And Lara Good. Cool. Benjamin? Uh, and I am going to go for... Who did I pick for this one? I think I said Schifrin for the first one. Don't let me down. And Vlahova for the second one. Actually, can I please can I please change the order from good to Brignone like in the second race? Because she probably might be bored by the second race, good. So it's, <laughs> just, just to be safe. Pick right now, if this happens the other way around, I don't want to hear anything back from you, Marcel. That you didn't mean it when you swapped in the first race, Brignone second race. Uh, okay, in the Cortina Super G's, which are happening on Saturday and Sunday for the men. I go for um, Kriegsmeier in the first race because he has some good memories from that race last time from yeah. the World Champs. And then on the second race, I will go for Kilde. Well, why not? Uh, I am going to go Odomat Kilde. And I will go Kilde and then Kriegsmeier. Oh, nice. Okay, and then double slalom to round us out on the World Cup Tour before we head over to Maribel Kruschevel for the World Championships. Actually, no, we've got one more slalom for the men, haven't we? But that's irrelevant. Anyway, keep going. Ignore it. doesn't matter who's what's coming after that. Wait, what are we picking? <laughs> we are picking a uh, double slalom for the women. 
and they're in Splendor of Moline. <laughs> I don't know how many times we've tried say to, that to say that. Yeah, Splendor of Moline. Say that after a long day chatting rubbish with you lot and to the television. Oh dear. Um, Marcel? Oh, I go first. Okay, I'll just go for a double shift and whatever. <laughs> oh dear. Um, who do I want? I'm going to go one Cindy Wendy, one Petra. Uh, and I'm going to go, I'm stick with it, Lena de race one. Uh, and then. Uh, Vlahova race two. You sure? No, but that's what I'm going for. <laughs> I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Um, <laughs> boys, that's far, far too much chat from us. Uh, till next time, it is goodbye for now. <laughs>